What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Playing Rotation Podcast. CJ Lomboy, Ryan Eisendrath, and Scott Jackson here with you. Uh, Jack, unfortunately, could not make it today, uh, but we're thinking of you. Um, today is Monday, November 16th, and today we are going to be talking the NFL midseason-ish awards. We're week 10. There's 17 weeks in the season, so a couple weeks late. Uh, most teams have played eight games already, so that's where call it the mid-season-ish. Um, but we have a very exciting show for you today. Uh, going to be talking our opinions, different players, different teams, our observations uh, through 10 weeks into the season. But uh, how are you guys doing today? You guys ready to talk some football? The Steelers are 9 and over. I totally forgot about that. Congratulations, by the way. Undefeated. Come on. Congratulations. I'm hype. Let's go. Ryan? I'm I'm feeling good. I'm ready ready to talk some midseason awards. I don't think I can beat a nine and zero Steelers right now. So yeah, you can't beat that, man. My Rams today got a big dub to or yeah, they got a big dub today against my other team, the Seattle Seahawks. NFC West is the best division in football. Um, you know, just a very good week all around. Like a lot of exciting plays, um, some good games. You know, some statement games like a you know like there is every week, but uh, some really good action. Some backups got in today, um, some really good individual performances. But uh, beyond that, we're going to be talking about this season as a whole, 10 weeks into the season. You know, I've never done an, an award show or anything like this in my life. So how are you guys? Uh, you guys ready to do this? Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. Yes, you know, sir. We, have, uh, we have a lot of insight here. So let's just get into it. So yeah. kicking it off, we're going to be talking about the NFL MVP um 10 weeks into this season so let's just get right into that scott go ahead and lead us off all right here we go folks here we go here we go (laughs) oh that's a nice touch all right y'all kicking off the mid-season awards 2020 your mvp goes to number 15 out of kansas city to win his second mvp out of three years Mr. Patrick Mahomes, yes, sir. Can we get yes, some sir. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes led, leading the Chiefs to 8-1, and one, 25 touchdowns, one interception. Definitely looking like an MVP if you ask me. Um, he has, what, 2,687 passing yards. Yeah, he's, look, he's looking real good. That was pretty nice. That's a good pick. 25 touchdowns, only one interception through this, you know, through this many games, nine games into the season. Yep. To me, I think the Chiefs are kind of slept on this year. Uh, I think a lot of players are a lot of people are just paying a lot of attention to, you know, Pittsburgh and all the flashy teams, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Seattle, when they were winning. I think it's yeah. just you know? expected from the Chiefs, though, to be this good. Like, everybody yeah. knows, like, all right, like, they're going to be the best team in the league right now. Yeah, there's no championship hangover whatsoever. It's no. pretty impressive. They look, they look really good. And I feel like going into like week seven or eight, People would have definitely had Russell Wilson as like the front runner for the MVP, but after the last two two games, he's been kind of yeah. kind of worrisome to be. It's kind of it's kind of interesting that the Chiefs, like a couple years ago, when Patrick had his like his first year starting, uh, everybody had them as like the flashy team, so they they were like literally getting all the coverage. And now I think they're still getting a lot of coverage, but you know we're paying more attention to other teams. So the Chiefs are now kind of like what the Patriots used to be. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan, let's hear your MVP for the, uh, to this point in the season. Let's hear it. 
So I, I do think that uh, Patrick Mahomes is the probably the front runner at the moment. But let me tell you, let me tell you, we're going with the dark horse. We're going, we're throwing it back to the running back domination days, to the oh Adrian Peterson days back in Minnesota, number 33, Dalvin Cook. I like okay. the energy. I like okay. it. Dalvin Cook. Now, let me tell you about this man. All right. He, he's been out for, or he was out for one and a half games. All right. And they already had a bye. Okay. So he, and he also hasn't played this week. So. 858 rushing yards. That is the most in the league going into this week. Okay? So, I can't say after this week purely because, uh, you know, he hasn't played. And Derrick Henry overstepped him just on his Thursday night game. But Dalvin Cook's going to take that lead back. He's got the most rush yards in the league. He's averaging six yards a carry, 12 TDs in seven games on the ground. He's got 173 reception yards and one one reception TD. And when you look at the impact that he has on that offense, I mean, we're looking at impact like Patrick Mahomes, like quarterbacks had, star quarterbacks have on their team. Dalvin Cook is that entire offense. He is the reason that they click. When they don't click, he's the reason they don't click. This is the guy in Minnesota. This is the the MVP so far this year. I like it. I mean, I, Dalvin, like it. I like that. I like that point that you made. Dalvin does like carry his team the way a quarterback should carry his team. The fact that that whole offense is predicated on the run game, and to me, what's what's interesting is that defenses know that Dalvin's a focal point, but they still can't stop him because of how dominant he is. Like that's how you know you're a dominant player. Oh, I, I agree with that. I definitely agree. But he does have what week fourteen he has Tampa, fifteen he has Chicago, and sixteen he has New Orleans. So I think. If however he does in those three games, because those are really good defense run defenses, will now kind of like cement him as like the best running back in the game right now. That's a good point. Schedule is very important. So for me, my MVP, second year in the league, Ooh. the fastest toddler on turf, <laughs> number one from the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. Okay. Uh, the Cardinals are six and three. Uh, they're leading the toughest division in football, in my opinion, the NFC West. They're the most surprising team in football. They beat some pretty quality opponents. They beat a healthy San Francisco 49ers the first week of the season. They beat Seattle last week, or a couple weeks ago, rather. And they beat Buffalo just now off a of Hail Mary. Um, Kyler has 17 passing touchdowns and 10 rushing touchdowns. And I heard on the broadcast today that that's the most uh, touchdowns by a quarterback since Cam Newton in 2011. Uh, he's balling. He's having a very similar season to Lamar uh, last year. Uh, you know, year two in the NFL, showing he's one of the NFL's best. Um, the fact that he's taken his team to new heights in only his second year in the league at the quarterback position speaks to how valuable he really is. With me at the quarterback position, I think if you want to be an MVP, your team has to also do really well. You have to succeed. And, you know, he's taken him there. So that's why I think he's the MVP. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes going forward because we have definitely seen this story before. Guys who had a great individual season but couldn't come through in the postseason. For instance, Cam in 2016 and Lamar just last season. So yeah, that's that's my opinion. I like it. I like it. Do you guys watch that? Do you guys watch that? Um, uh, that game live, the Buffalo game that we just 
I did. I did. I was watching. So I'm going up against CJ this week in fantasy. And, you know, I have like, I mean, it's an ugly week for the both of us. I think it was like 70 to 70, very low scoring (laughs) week. And then that freaking bomb happened at the very end of the game. Oh, that was heartbreaking because CJ has D hop and that that pass alone gave him like 10, 10 to 12 points. DeAndre Hopkins is putting me into a, a, a position to win this week, and I really don't deserve to win this week. So thank you, DeAndre Hopkins. Thank you, Kyler Murray. All right, our next award we're going to talk about today is the Offensive Player of the Year. Scotty, what you got for us? All right, folks, here we go. Here we go. Cue it up. <laughs> it's gonna, every single award. <laughs> All right, for your 2020 Offensive Player of the Year, we got Alvin Kamara. Okay, yes. I totally forgot about that one. But yep. yeah. All right, seven rushing touchdowns, 486 rushing yards, 67 receptions, four receiving touchdowns, and 648 receiving yards. This man is basically a receiver and lined up in the backfield. Um, you could make a case that it's Mahomes. Like He was definitely my, uh, my runner-up for this. Since Michael Thomas has been out for the last two months, I'd had to put Alvin Kamara as the, number, as the offensive player of the year just because he's been balling out. He's, he's turning up. He's a huge focal point to that offense. And I feel like without him during those two months that he could, they could have easily dropped half, half of their games. Yeah. It'll be uh it'll be interesting to see with breeze with the rib injury, if he's out at all, how much like of a difference or like how much of an impact Kamara is going to have on that offense now. Yeah. But they have Jameis too. And Jameis, Jameis is not a bad QB, you know? So I no, think not Jameis- at all, but I mean, I feel like he's when not the leader. Come in, they, yeah, they rely on like their stars, and mm-hmm. who knows how much chemistry he has with Michael Thomas. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, yeah. they could lean on Kamara a lot more now. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I agree. You saw what happened in Dallas with Andy Dalton. Good, goodness. Yep. I think it was good that you know. I think it's good to have both of them back because I think they both make each other better. Alvin, in terms of Alvin Kamara and Mike Thomas, so. You know, I think yeah, Kamara was a really good pick. He's been really, really solid all year, all year round. You know, receiving the ball and carrying it. And I think with if Breeze were to miss extended time, I think AK is going to be uh, even more valuable. So he he even could make a case for MVP going forward. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, my offensive player of the year, Ryan already covered it, Dalvin Cook. Uh, but yeah, I really like um, you know how he's the focal point of the offense. And he's pretty much carries it. Like without him, the passing game can't go. And when you have a quarterback like Kirk Cousins who needs some confidence, it's important to have a guy like a guy like Dalvin Cook out there. Uh, what really stood out to me was he had a four touchdown game against Green Bay, and the very next week, uh, that was the game that actually kicked my ass in fantasy. So Ryan, you know that was yes, that sir. game. <laughs> and then the very next week, he comes back with two hundred six, uh, two hundred six yard rushing game. So uh, and guy's a beast. TV. And multiple TDs, yes. Yeah, he's he's definitely the fantasy MVP in my opinion. Oh, for sure, yeah. We, we should turning up. Oh, my God. I told you all. All right, Ryan, who you got for us for the Offensive Player of the Year? Uh, it's pretty obvious. I already said his name. CJ said his name. Our boy Dalvin Cook up in Minnesota. Enough said. All right. <laughs> all right. Now we got our go. Defensive Player of the Year. Scott, hit that button. All right, eight. All right, y'all, for the 2020 Defensive Player of the Year, coming out of the 9-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. Talk to him. Outside linebacker, TJ motherfucking Watt. 
Yes, sir. That's a great pick. It's a Nine great pick. Sacks. One pick, 12 tackles for loss. This man is a defensive weapon. His pass rush is insane. He is so he has so much heart that defense relies on him to get in the backfield. He is a huge part of that defense, and he is a big part of why they are nine and zero. I, lo- I like TJ a lot. That linebacking core is just crazy, scary. You know that defense is like they're so good as a as a unit, and you know collectively, it's kind of hard to pick out one guy. But you know TJ Watt for sure is the best player on that defense. So great pick. I like that thank pick you, a lot, thank you. Ryan. I, you know, I, I agree with Scotty on this. I did a lot of research um, and I was, I was, I was leaning towards a couple of different guys um, on some of the top defenses in the league. Uh, but I think TJ, TJ Watt wins. The Steelers have the best defense in the league right now. And he's absolutely dominating, you know, 36 total tackles. He's got nine sacks, which is the most impressive mm-hmm. stat to me. I mean, yeah, he's he's arguably the best player on the best defense in the league, so that's kind of why I'm I'm giving it to him, and and his stats don't lie. So, oh, so you going TJ as well? I'm going TJ as well. Back to back, baby. Interesting. Let's hear it, CJ. So I got from my hometown, Los Angeles Rams. I got the big man in the middle, number one player overall in the NFL 100. I think it was number one. I'm not sure. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald from the Los Angeles Rams. Probably the best overall player uh, in football. Extremely dominant in his position. He's tied in the tied for first in the NFL in sacks with nine. Last time I checked, he's top five in tackles for lost, three forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery. And he um, gets double teamed every single play. Double and yeah, triple teamed every single play. Dominates those offensive linemen. Uh, God, I got to be honest. As a Rams fan, I had my concerns of how good this defense would be. You know, given the fact that they lost. Marcus Peters, they lost Corey Littleton, they lost, you know, they lost a lot of guy, a lot of pieces up front. Adama Kinsu. They were pretty, pretty young defense. They have a lot of rookies starting, a lot of second year players starting. Um, I had my concerns about how good this defense would be. And uh, you know, right now they have the second overall defense in the league, team wise. They allow the second least yards per game uh through the air and fourth fewest yards on the ground. It speaks to his impact up front, you know, being the man in the middle. And uh, this Rams defense is a lot better than they were last year. You can have them out there. You can trust them. And you, and you saw it today against the Seahawks. So I got to go with my Rams today. My uh, Rams like defense that. led by AD, the other AD in Los Angeles, Aaron Donald. I like it. I like it. And I just want to give a, 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 a shout out to Miles Garrett because he was my other honorable honorable mention because he, I, I think he, I think he actually leads the league in sacks. He is not being tied. Oh, nine and a half. Okay. Yeah, he had a half sack today. Uh, he had five tackles for loss and he, he's very like aware. He has high IQ because he always goes for the ball. He has yeah. like four strip sacks. Yeah. So he's like, he's a very good player for sure. Yeah. That's a great, that's another great pick. I thought about, uh, taken as well ryan i i mean i you guys you guys are saying it all i got i got nothing really to add I mean, <laughs> he's got i mean he gets double triple team every single time um with aaron donald and i mean he's he's an absolute force on the d-line like people people want to r- run the ball away from him so i th- there's an argument there's an argument to make for him um uh, i just think that rams defense needs to get a little better before they they give him the depoy okay okay all right, we'll see. We'll wait and see. Moving on, we got coaches of the year uh, at this point in the season. This is going to be a very interesting one. Let's hear it, Scott. I think I know where you're going, but I could be wrong. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right, y'all. Every time. I love it. 
All right, y'all, here we go. 2020, coach of the year. Coaching the 9-0 and still. <laughs> I knew it. Yes, sir. Mike Tomlin. Come on, man. You, y'all got to put some respect on my man's name. This man, I, I so I made the argument last year that he should have gotten the coach of the year just because just because they lost Big Ben mm-hmm. and he led their team to eight and eight with boof ass Mason Rudolph. <laughs> All right. Like this man is a hell of a coach. <laughs> hell of a coach. And I actually so I was talking to a couple of my coaches um at Woodbridge, and I'm pretty sure the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think Mike Tomlin is the third coach in Pittsburgh Steelers history, third or fourth which just shows how a testament to like how successful and like a winning culture in, crazy. in Pittsburgh. Yeah. That, that organization. I mean, I feel like every, who was the coach before him? Um, Bill Cower. Yeah. Bill Cower. I mean, they won a few chips with him too. So yeah, like Scott said, that's, that's a, uh, that's a storied franchise out there in, in yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. But we, we know how, we know how much of a defensive coach he is. And, um, our defense is definitely number one in the league. 36 sacks, 11 interceptions, six fumble recoveries, and two defensive touchdowns. So, I mean, he, in my opinion, easily – I feel like no matter how the rest of this season goes, I think he should be coach of the year, 100%. He has no winning seasons, correct? No losing seasons. That's what I meant. So, ah, no losing yeah. seasons. And everyone <laughs> thought last year was going to be the first one. That's crazy. Eight and eight, like – with that roster and you know how young that team was, that's impressive. I think you got to carry, you got to consider whether they came from last year and this year, you know, to see how really good of a coach Coach Tomlin is. Ryan, let's hear it. So I got us going up even more north to the to the ice cold uh, Canada. Oh no, <laughs> close close to it to the the very cold side of New York. We got Matt Nagy. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We got Adam Gates. Buffalo oh, Bills coach Sean McDermott. Okay. They are they are finally over the hump. They've been slowly getting ever since he got there, they've been slowly getting better. He's he's created a monster of a QB in Josh Allen. He's gotten pieces like Stephon Diggs. He's drafted well. And they are, I believe they're seven and three now after that loss to Arizona. Um, and he's finally got them over the hump and they are in the lead in the AFC East. Um, so I, I think with the coach so far this year, I'm going to give it to him. I think he's done a great job with, with Buffalo. Um, but I do have some honorable mentions. Uh, Mike Tomlin was on there, but I think the other two that are, I actually have a lot of, of them, so I'll just list them out real quickly. Uh, Bruce Arians, I know you guys are probably going to think I'm crazy in saying that with all the talent he has, but that's basically a, oh, he's new, a good coach. It's an entirely new roster right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the talent that he has, you know, who knows? A lot, a lot of egos, I bet. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, right? Arizona, from where they went last year to this year, I mean, they're a playoff team now. Yeah, and, uh, and he went out to get D Hop. And he went out to get D Hop. He's former making- USC offensive coordinator for about a good five minutes. Just a fun fact. Yeah, there literally for like five minutes. Uh, John Gruden doing the same thing in Las Vegas. Mike Vrabel, big fan of Mike Vrabel, but considering how good they were last year, uh, you know there wasn't much of like a turnaround in my sense of like their team. So, and then I think I think the one that people need to start showing some respect to is oh, Brian, I know where it is going. Brian Flores out of Miami. Yes, 
Miami I is like a, I like Miami that. is a respectable team now. Um, they've won four straight, and I mean, like they're they're not a team to mess with. Like when you see Miami on the schedule, you think, oh, okay, duh. But you can't you can't assume that anymore. So yeah. I like I like Brian Flores out of Miami too. Well, one thing uh, I wanted to, one thing I wanted to highlight real quick was about Vrabel. They they actually I feel like are. So they ended off their season really good, but during the regular season, they only went nine and seven, you know? So I feel like right. they actually picked off like exactly where they left off in the playoffs because they, they had a real hot start until they played Pittsburgh. So I agree. I, you can definitely make a case that he's up there. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. They, I just, I think we know the potential of Tennessee, right? From based off of how they ended last year and yeah, they picked off where they are, but you know, I feel like coach of the year. Sometimes you gotta you gotta give it to the guys that turn their turn their their clubs around, and yeah. all, you know they went from being a bad team to a good team. Yeah, yeah. I one hundred percent agree with you. I like McDermott a lot because I just like the way Buffalo plays football. It's a lot of ground and pound, and you know when they need to pass, you know they'll pass, and they play good defense. That defense is really solid, uh, really under underrated in my opinion. And I think you know Buffalo is going from a team that was, you know, in the I think they were wild card last year right they were solid but they weren't great and now you can make the case that you know they're trending in that direction i wouldn't call them great yet but they're trending in that direction i think they're going to take a leap given that brady is no longer in new england so you know i like i like buffalo a lot so he's coached coached up a complete team yes for sure that's a good word to to describe it uh yeah ryan kind of touched on my coach of the year i like brian flores a lot Ah. Six six and three second right now in the east um, they are actually in playoff position. A lot of a lot of people. I think they were like picked to finish towards the bottom of the league. But uh, what I re- what really stood out to me with Coach Flores is the fact that you know a lot of media members around the league are calling him, or they're they're crediting him for building a winning culture there. Um, it's only been two years. What really impressed me was the fact that they did pretty like solid. We were solid with uh, Fitzpatrick at quarterback, and now that they made the switch to Tua, you know it's like a passing of the torch. And when you pass a torch, you're not supposed to slow up a little bit. So yep. they're doing a really good job. So I'm you know, Miami is one, up there with one of my, as one of my favorite teams to watch alongside Oakland and Carolina. Cause they just play hard. I think they're, they're young teams. They're well coached. I think at the best of the best though, it's gotta be Miami. So that's why I go with coach Flores. I like it. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk about the baby league. Let's talk about the rookies of the year. I will just go. One rookie of the year could be offense or defense. Let's hear it. Scotty, I know where this is going. (laughs) All right, y'all, here we go. 2020 rookie of the year coming out of the University of Oregon. Picked number six in the NFL draft. Having a hell of a season. Number 10 from the Chargers, Justin Herbert. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. Justin Herbert, 2,333 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, and six interceptions. 67 completion rate, 300 passing attempts. So, I mean, you could make a case for Joe Burrow because I feel like it's definitely between the two of them. If Tua was healthy for the first, like, five games, then he would definitely be in the in the, in the the argument. But um, I feel like Justin's numbers for how many passing attempts that he has – He's the clear cut number one rookie of the year for sure. I got no disagreements. Yes, sir. So I like to hear. I got to go on air and say this to all the people who asked me 
if Justin Herbert would be a good NFL quarterback. And I told you, no, he's going to suck. <laughs> not just not, just not going to pan out. I told you straight up, he's going to suck. <laughs> what was I thinking? Honest. At what least was I you're thinking? honest. <laughs> At least I'm honest. I feel really bad, man. I told you. I Watching told this you, man. I've been telling you since day one. Watching this man play like he's been in the league for five years and just realizing he's only like 10 games into his rookie career. I feel really bad. I apologize to all those people. I apologize. I, Justin Herbert, you're probably not listening to this. You're probably making millions of dollars throwing dots against NFL pros. But I apologize. You were legit. You are an hey. NFL rookie of the year. I accept your apology on his behalf. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But actually, no. Ryan, let's hear yours. I mean, I'm taking myself back to the dirty huge. Throwing up the hometown boy, Justin Herbert. I mean, this is a no question rookie of the year. He's balling out. Got to see him from his from his freshman year in college up there. I mean, it's it's I honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I'm very glad that he is doing well in the NFL. Um, and I mean the the sky is the ceiling for this guy. So yeah. Justin Herbert. Rookie of the yeah. year. Uh, go go win yourself an MVP in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and I, might I add that he's doing all of this without Austin Eckler, and Eckler is a huge part of that offense. And I feel like if Eckler has been healthy for the past month and a half, that Justin Herbert's numbers would be even more inflated. And Anthony Lynn as a coach. Oh yeah, Anthony Lynn about is that. Terrible. Oh my god. All don't right. even get me started. This is not the episode for that, but he is a <laughs> terrible coach, and I don't want to get into it. Before we, uh, before I share my rookie of the year, I want to go out and say this. I know I probably shouldn't say this for the sake of the episode and its quality, but I'm going to say it anyways. I think Justin Herbert will end up winning Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL this season. But... I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna stand by it. You know, I'm gonna. I gotta. I gotta bring in another You're name. Just a here, hater. Oh I'm not God. a hater. I apologize. I literally just apologized. <laughs> I told you how good he was. Anyways, I'm gonna bring in another name here, and I'll give you a reason for it. May not be a good reason to all the Oregon listeners out here. Don't hate me, please. I'm going with running back from the Jacksonville Jaguars, James Robinson. I like um, it. I, I like that actually a lot. He might be the closest to second, I think. Um, when you look Third. at Herbert, you know, I feel like I feel really bad saying this, but when you, you've only won one game as a starter. And yes, there are other outside it's variables. Not his listen, fault, CJ. No, it's listen. Not his fault. There are other outside variables, right? You know, his coach is kind of ass. Um, you know, his defense is, you know, get a, yeah, his defense is letting up a lot of points. But, you know, as a quarterback, like I said with the with the MVP conversation, you know, if you're going to win an MVP as a quarterback, your team has to do well. And yes, Herbert's putting up the numbers; he's looked very impressive. But it's not like Jacksonville's got many wins. Well, the thing is, that's what makes it different. Like is that, that yeah, I, Joe Burrow's not winning anything either. He's not even close to the top, in my opinion. I have James Robinson because he doesn't play the quarterback position. He's a stud. You know, he runs the ball like he's been in the league for a long time. He has one, two, three, 
300 yard games and 199 yard game. Um, you know, he's a credible running back considering how far he's come. Like you know, he's him. definitely going to be a focal point, or he's definitely going to be a centerpiece, I should say, um, as Jacksonville builds their future going forward. So I'm going to go like bring him. in another name. I do think Herbert will win, but Herbert, not Herbert, just James Robinson is somebody that we should at least talk about. I respect it. I respect it. I do feel like, though, if Dak Prescott never got injured, that CD would be on this list. I feel like he could be easily a top three candidate for rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. And CD's like, CD was actually like, he was balling out. Yeah. Balling out. His first. He was outplaying Gallup. All right, moving on to our next award. We have the most surprising player award in the NFL. Scott, go ahead and take this one. The mo- 2020 most surprisingly bad player goes to <laughs> Sam Darnold because he is terrible. Oh, that's where we're going? I thought we were going good player first. No, I'm going bad player. I know I know it was supposed to be good, but he's just so freaking bad that he's just surprising <laughs> Scott, you're such yeah, a I, hater on Darnold. I have it. It's supposed to be a short ass episode. You're gonna make me go in on you right now. <laughs> six games, this man's only throwing a thousand yards. <laughs> I hate you, bro. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, you, you don't even think you don't even think that. You just <laughs> you would find he any has, reason. He has more interceptions than he has. <laughs> All right, next. go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Go ahead, Ryan." Like, let me speak. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my Darnold, god! we're thinking of you, bro. We're thinking of you, buddy. <laughs> you know, you're throwing to a bunch of middle schoolers. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Darnold, I hope you leave. I hope you leave New York as soon. We hope you land in Pittsburgh next season. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. All right, all right. Wait, are we doing most surprisingly like good player? Like that's, that's what is, whatever, whatever you want to take it. I know we were supposed to do most surprisingly good player. It's just I saw most surprising award award, so I <laughs> most you twisted it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I liked it, Scotty. I like. We it. didn't specify, so I guess I like it. All right, go ahead. Uh, I'm going. I'm going. Rojo, Ronald Jones. Oh, uh, my boy. Think- I think there was, you know, expectations of him taking a step up, but with Fournette uh, coming in and stuff, I think everyone kind of, I don't know, didn't expect him to be as good as he was. I mean, this is a physical back who can turn on the burners and and he's got breakaway speed with it. Um, His catching ability has has been way better than it has in the past. Um, And, you know, he's really shown that he can be the feature back. Um, And I think for me, like, I was expecting him to be a good running back. I wasn't expecting him to be this good. So that's kind of where where I went with it. I like Rojo. He broke. He's actually like now has like the fourth longest run in NFL history. It was like 99 yards. And he's not, I mean, he has a lot of speed, but, you know, in his SC career, he kind of just put on weight and tried to be like more of a, a balanced runner, like power and speed. But, bro, he had the burners on today against Carolina. Um it's a good pick, Ryan. With me, um, I was really surprised with the leap that Josh Allen took in Buffalo. Um, you know, I think he was a solid quarterback the last few years, solid, but he wasn't this good. You know, now that I get to watch him a little bit more, he's just so comfortable in the pocket. Um, he can move. He's very agile. You know, a lot of defensive linemen are chasing him in the backfield, but he's giving him a nice little stiff arm saying, get off me. Let me find my receiver. 
He's clutch. He had a nice drive today. Um, you know, he's got a good arm. I think I just maybe I just haven't seen it, but I think he's taking a really good leap this year. You know, they're Super Bowl contenders. They dropped a the game today, but I still think, you know, they'll be good moving forward, in my opinion. Yeah. I like it. I, I, I kind of just want to go back real quick. I just want to go back. So Sam Darnold in his oh, sophomore, Jesus. <laughs> in his sophomore year, he he did lead to he he led the Jets to a seven and six record in thirteen games that he played. But this is one stat that I really wanted to bring up. He had nineteen touch, touchdowns and thirteen interceptions. My man Justin Herbert, who is the projected rookie of the year, through eight games has nineteen touchdowns and six interceptions. So I just wanted I just wanted to to show you that CJ because all that all that stuff you were talking at the beginning of the season. There you go. There's your so, answer, Justin Herbert. Is my, uh, CJ, Damn. you're never gonna live this down. We're gonna we're gonna make sure that you know. Just to fight back, bro. I have to have a rebuttal. You can't just bring this up out of nowhere and just not let me be, let me be silent. But um, I'll just say this: he had Robbie Anderson as his best receiver, and Robbie Anderson was pretty mid in New York. He's actually balling out now, being pretty. He's being a surprise to a lot of people. So I will say, uh, you know, the fact that Herbert at least had weapons in LA compared to Darnold, who's had a middle school, had a JV team around him. So that's all I would say. Moving on, uh, what was our next award here? We have disappointing player. Our last award that we're going to talk about. It's kind of a sad one, kind of a sad note. We're going to end on ish, but uh, we got the most disappointing player. So let's hear it. All right, y'all, for the 2020 Most Disappointing Player Award. You see, this one, I was stuck between two people. I, I, so I was writing down my stats. for I had five total. And then I narrowed it down to two. And I did, they're, just, they're both so bad right now. <laughs> but, and one, yeah, they're just terrible. But I had to pick the one that I picked. I picked because he was actually projected to be a, a amazing player he's been an amazing player in the past few years and i mean let's just get into it 2020 most disappointing player goes to ezekiel elliott oh that was fair that's a, that's an injured that's an injured offense well, yeah, it's it's a very injured well offense. hold on hold on it's really just dak is injured yeah so it's a very injured offense his o-line is very injured but he has 572 yards, five touchdowns. Most of that came with Dak Prescott as the QB. And then 238 reception yards, a touchdown, and then four fumbles. And the reason I have him as the most disappointing is because from a fantasy perspective, this was a top three to five pick in most fantasy leagues. You know what I mean? You all thought I was and crazy for picking Dalvin Cook. Gosh, bro, <laughs> he's, he's playing so bad. And it's not necessarily his fault. It's just like he only gets like ten yards at a time, and like that's like where his key caps out. I only know the last time he broke a freaking twenty plus yard, and mm. so that's that's my number one. My number two is Baker Mayfield because he's freaking awful. But I don't really want to get into that. <laughs> I mean, okay, here's my thing on Zeke. He's not only is he missing Dak, right? He's missing. First of all, he's missing a competent quarterback. <laughs> I mean, G- Gilbert, I guess, could be competent, but um, his offensive line is also hurt. He's missing both his tackles. Um, those are big. Those are huge. Like, if you yeah. can't do anything in the passing game, you can't do anything in the run game and vice versa. So um, I don't blame entirely too much on Zeke. I think he's still got a lot of a star power, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I think it's just – I think it's hard because the past 
two years, he, gosh, 2,000 uh, yards total scrimmage and then 1,700. So it's just like he's always been like an elite yeah. running back, and this year it's just going to be a big uh, down yeah. year. All right, Ryan, let's hear yours. My uh, most disappointing player award for the year goes to a guy who realistically uh, – I guess has been disappointing to the eye, but he hasn't like stats wise. Like if you look at it on paper, he really hasn't been that disappointing. Um, but I got to give it to Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I think going into this year, I personally thought, um, that he was going to take a step back from, you know, his MVP caliber year. I think defense has figured out how to play him well. Cause like he definitely has weaknesses in his game and those are being exposed this year. But, I mean, I just don't think that offense like clicks as well as it did last year. Um, I I don't know. There's just like like you, it just it just it's not the same. Uh, and like watching him, like I mean, yeah, like Baker Mayfield has been garbage this year. Um, <laughs> but I think when you look at it, for some reason, like I don't know, so, like it's it's almost it almost feels like something's missing. Like Lamar like did something different this year, and and it's like he needs to go back to like what he's doing last year, but. So I think I think just like to the eye, it's, I gave it to Lamar Jackson. I think with Lamar, the problem is, is that we kind of know what to expect now. I think that his rookie season, when he came like at the midway point, right, it was like new. It was fresh. It was exciting. And, you know, the expectations were low. And then he kind of surprised us all in the play. Like I let us see him in the playoffs, right? And then last year, it was like his first year. You know, this, these are the keys to the Ferrari. Let's see what you can do. And then he just took off. And he had a great season. You know, a lot of teams, you know, they had to figure him out as the, as the year went on. But, um, you know, he still had a great season. Very, you know, something that we haven't seen since, like, Michael Vick. Yeah. Um, and then this year, you know, the Tennessee Titans, you know, you called it back in, like, basketball season or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, they're going to be sitting. They have the blueprint now. And I was like, whatever, man. Like, Lamar, I think he's Lamar. He's, you know, he's, he sees it as a challenge. He's going to step up to the plate and, you know, attack it. And he just, you yeah, know, it's just been tough. <laughs> it's just been I, tough. I mean. I mean, there's I there's obvious weaknesses in his game that the Titans exposed, and every team is exposing it. And so, like, even in the Ravens' wins, they're still they're still struggling to win, and they just lost. I mean, they just lost. Yeah, they lost. They really been that impressive this year, and it almost was a game that should have played into you know Lamar and that offense's strengths with the ball being you know with it being a run first game with the rain and the weather and stuff like they weren't they weren't throwing as much and like that's where we've seen is lamar in the pocket like as a pocket qb that's like where his biggest weakness lies and um or at least in my opinion so um you know i i don't know i i think he's still a great player i think he's still one of the best quarterbacks but i personally am kind of disappointed i guess it was like expected but i don't think i expected him to drop off this much i get you that's fair for for me, I have I had started off with one, but now I have two because I found mm-hmm. out we're in, kind of in the same situation. Um, and, you know, this may be unfair, but I got two guys here that are rookies, you know, who had high expectations coming in. I got Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts, and I got Clyde Edwards Hiller yep. of the Kansas City Chiefs. And, they, were both um, on, they were both on my list, too. They're, um, it's kind of hard. It's kind of difficult because it ha- comes down to two things. One is youth, right? They don't have preseason games. And they're rookies, you know. They, they have didn't have games. any off season at all. You don't have expectations. You don't have an off season, right? Your expectations are 
you know, they're different from, compared to when you're a veteran player. But considering that there was a lot of hype behind these two guys to be in rookie of the year conversation, considering the fact that number one, Jonathan Taylor plays behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And number two, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know, had the whole backfield to himself considering that Damian Williams decided to opt out. And the fact that, you know, he has Patrick Mahomes, you know, they, it's just, and he's, he, he just hasn't really been hyped. Like he hasn't, he hasn't met up the, with the hype. And part of that has to do with game plan and game script and same thing with Jonathan Taylor. Um, but you know, he just kind of had a lot of expectations for those guys. It's not necessarily their fault. Um, maybe this is unfair, but I just have those two guys. No, Scott, I, I- yeah. I think it's very fair, it's at least with Jonathan Taylor, just because, like, he coming out of Wisconsin was – I mean, I think he should have actually been, like, the number one uh, running back out of – like, in the draft class. I had him ranked over Clyde, but Clyde – He went, what, sure. two? He went second round? Went, yeah. Dang. Um, but Clyde fits the Kansas City offense a lot better than uh, than Jonathan Taylor does, but one thing that I saw a lot from Jonathan Taylor in college, and I'm not seeing in NFL in the NFL, is his vision. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't see the holes. Like he's just going, and he's playing a lot like Le'Veon Bell, like the very patient. Like he doesn't hit the holes very hard, which we're starting to see with like Naheem Hines and Wilkins. You know, like they when they get the ball, you can like see them like hit that hole. You know, and we're not seeing that with Jonathan Taylor, which is why I think that his his uh like field time is playing time is going a lot his, is going yeah. down for sure i was watching the game the other night right and they're at the goal line i'm playing scott this week and he's got jonathan taylor and i'm like oh damn like you're about to score here they ran a qb sneak with jacoby Brissett. they brought him back up to run the yeah. QB sneak. So he can't like, get tough, into man. the end zone bro he just doesn't hit the holes it's it's hard because like earlier in the game there was like a fourth and one on the one going in and it was the same exact thing the, the play got blown up the left guard got like mm. blown up but like Still, like he just doesn't hit the hole. I feel like I think it's. I, I think it's. I, I don't know. I agree with you guys. I think it's tough to give a rookie most disappointing player of the year just because, like, they're a rookie. Like they're you rookies, can't you yeah. can't expect too much out of them. And like, there's no there's no base in the NFL to to you know kind of judge them off of. Yeah. Um. But I I completely agree with what you guys said. Like Jonathan Taylor in Wisconsin, man, that man he was running north and south. Didn't didn't even look left or right. He just was he just was the vision was the end zone. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys kind of hit it right on the point with him. Is like he's not. I don't know. He's 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 kind of. I mean, yeah, you got you guys hit it right on the spot. Um, But I think he's a good compliment to like the Naheem Hines and stuff because you know they're more he's more the quick speedster and it's more of like a one-two punch with them than it is like a hey john like do everything you you did like jonathan taylor was a was a 100 percent snap back in wisconsin yeah um so and it's not like he just it's not like he only did that for one year like that was his entire career in wisconsin you know with clyde with clyde i think it was only his last year when he really like had a name you know Right. So I feel like right. that's I think disappointing in my eyes. I think I think the Clyde Edwards Hilaire pick is interesting if you want to know the truth because I like we all knew he was good, but I didn't personally didn't have as much hype on him as everyone else did. I, maybe I just didn't know like like I knew he was good. Like obviously I watched him in college, but like I didn't think he was going to be that good. He had a really good start to the season, and it seems like once Le'Veon got there, 
he started taking some snaps away from him. And as as a rookie, when you're playing really well and you're playing all the time, then you get a guy like Le'Veon coming in. Like you're not gonna say like, "Hey, I'm bothered by this," but like, I feel like that's playing a bigger factor into you know his play of late. Mm -hmm. I feel that in due time, Jonathan and Clyde. In due time, they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be good. Now I thought it'd be fun to wrap up this episode properly on a good note. So we'll wrap it up with Super Bowl predictions. Uh, ten weeks into the season, Scotty, I kind of already know, I already know half of your answer, but let's let's hear it. You want to hit the button for this one, or you want to just nah 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 nah. nah. All right, all right, go ahead. Nah. All right, so my projection for the Super Bowl this year. So I'm thinking Pittsburgh are for, is for sure making it to the the semis, and they're going to play the Chiefs. And and honestly, I think the Chiefs are going to take that game. And I'm going to be heartbroken, but it's the Chiefs. You know, I, I, I still have the Chiefs ranked number one over the Steelers, even though the Steelers are still undefeated. And and you might call me crazy because the Steelers, week in and week out, besides last week against the Cowboys, like they're dominating the team's defense. Like defensively, they are like dominating. But like the Chiefs offense, I feel like is just on a, a tier of its own. So I have the Chiefs. Going to the Super Bowl, and I believe that they will be playing the Seattle Seahawks. I think that the, the defense is going to turn it around. Oh, okay. I think uh, I think that will be a good game. I do have the Chiefs winning that game. Interesting. Those uh, are good yeah. picks. I I've got I've got Kansas City in the Super Bowl as well. Um, I think they're they're kind of an at least right now they're the no brainer out of the AFC, and in the NFC. I've got it it's between two choices here. It's between the Saints and the Bucks. Who division rivals. Division my favorites. Rivals. <laughs> right now the Saints, the Saints have the Bucks number, but when the playoffs come and you got Tom them. Brady on your side and you got all that talent, you know, it, it really depends what Bucks team shows up and it really depends if the Saints joke in the playoffs or not. Um but I, I think those two teams right now pose the biggest threat to the Super to the Super Bowl uh, or pose the biggest I don't know, advantage uh, to going to the Super Bowl as of as of right now. I like it. So you said Chiefs and Bucks. Bucks or Saints, one of the two. It depends which one. I, I'm leaning towards the Bucks, but I have a feeling you know Drew Brees might win win one more. Saints chip have their number. And retire. I am going to go. Um, you know, like you said, somewhat. I'm going to go Chiefs and Bucks. I think when you look at the Chiefs, um, they have a complete team. That offense is explosive, extremely explosive. Uh, they got weapons everywhere. Patrick Mahomes is, you know, they paid the man. They paid that man a fat contract, multi-year contract. He's there to build a dynasty. So I think he gets his in that division or in that conference this year. And on the NFC side, I'm going to 100% say it. I said it on a, a few episodes ago. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were to see the Saints again in the in the playoffs. I have the Bucks coming out of the of the uh, NFC ten times out of ten. I just think um, Brady's a different animal. You know, you know, we talk about playoff LeBron, we talk about playoff. You know, we talk about Kobe in the playoffs. We talk about MJ. You know, great great athletes just know when to turn it on. Tom Brady, um, I mean, athletic man, but he's a great athlete. He's great at what he does. So I have to put Tom Brady in the Super Bowl for the NFC, and I have the Kansas City Chiefs taking this one. Um, solely because Patrick Mahomes is trying to build a dynasty, man. Yep. You can't he is really the dynasty. That. 
He is the Half dynasty. Billion dollars. Chiefs yeah, kingdom. He, he's there for a decade. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> but I do think in a few years, I do think Brady will get his in, in Tampa Bay again. I think if they run it back with that same receiving core, and if Brady's still there, and you know, get another another year of Rojo and Fournette, um, you know, I think they can run it back and, and win one. That defense is good too. Mm-hmm, very. All right, that's gonna do it for today's episode. Hey, we had a, uh, a good time, you know, giving a, br- a brief rundown, a brief discussion of the mid-season-ish awards. Um, we'll definitely do this at the end of the season. We'll recap and uh, re- recap the season, uh, put a bow on it. But yeah, I had a lot of fun doing this. I know my guys did too. But that's going to do it. We'll catch you on the next episode. See you soon. Peace. Peace.